Welcome to Wine with HR. I'm Jules. Hey there, I'm Trish. Lawyers turned HR professionals. Through our company, Monarch Endeavors, we guide employers through their oh shit moments with their employees. In this podcast, we will discuss some of the most common (laughs) and commonly frustrating HR problems while enjoying our favorite adult beverage, wine. So sit back, grab a glass, if you choose, and join us as we think about and drink about all things HR. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Wine with HR. We are so excited to be starting season two. Season two? That's amazing. (laughs) Thank you all for sticking with us. Yes, yes. Uh, We are going to bring a whole bunch of new great topics to you this season. uh, And we are even going to be introducing some new guests. So we're super excited about it. We thought that for this very first episode, since we are in uh, early February, that a lot of companies are looking to hire. And so we thought we would go over some of the W-H-I-N-E's of recruiting uh, and what managers and HR professionals should be thinking about and uh, not doing. Oh, not doing. We have a lot of those. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to have a couple of episodes later that will also help you through the process the rest of the year. But recruiting seemed to be the best way to start. A little bit later on, we'll have some conversations about the interview process, some do's or don'ts for you there, and then also even some onboarding ideas. So lots of great stuff coming up this year. Plus, as Julie already mentioned, all those guests. I yeah. can't wait. <laughs> yeah. So we are excited, but you know the drill. So before we get to the W-H-I-N-E, we have to start with our W-I-N-E. And today, Trisha and I are once again in the same place. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> so we are drinking the same wine. So I got to I gotta have a little sip. Yes. So we are testing a... Bordeaux Rosé from Fleur. It's a 2022 and it is 87% Cabernet Franc and 13% Merlot. And let's see what else it has to say. Uh, It says the wine growers at Caves de Raison are in love with flowers. The wildlife and the vineyards, which is demonstrated by the Biodiversity Trail, opened at the winery in spring of 2017 and the cultivation practices that ensure sustainable production. Also, we have an earth-friendly wine, so oh, that's I lovely. Love that. It's also vegan certified. How would you describe it, Trish? Tasty. <laughs> <laughs> She's a woman of few words sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> I, it is very light. Yes, yeah, crisp crisp, smooth. It definitely has some floral notes. Gets you at the front of the tongue. Mm-hmm. I know. I really like it better than the white Bordeaux that we tried yesterday, night. last mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. Although uh, that was good too. We're educating our palate for all of our listeners. So <laughs> we had to try some more wine last night. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. I prefer this one. Um, yeah. It is just kind of nice, nice, light, pleasant. I feel like this will be a great summer drinking wine. Yes, for sure. For sure. Yeah. You could probably make a really nice sangria out of that as well. 
Ooh, yeah. But not overly sweet. No. I want to point that out. Not overly sweet at all. Yes. All right. So now that we've got the W-I-N-E out of the way, didn't take as long as usual since we're (laughs) drinking the same wine, (laughs) I am going to give it to Trisha to talk about, uh, again, just some of the overview of what we're talking about and then get into some of the common mistakes that are made. Sounds good. So I want to start with focusing on why recruiting is so important. I think that people do not realize that recruiting is an ongoing task for not just HR, but for everyone in your business. You shouldn't just be at the last second hustling because all of a sudden you have 10 positions to fill. You should be constantly thinking about your process, where you want to go with the company, where different departments want to go, and be advertising that And what I mean by advertising that is making a brand on your website. That is part of your recruiting process, showing people the kind of benefits you offer, that work-life balance that so many people are craving, maybe even uh, previews into jobs. So never forget that even if you're like, oh, we only have one person that we're hiring right now, you're still going to be recruiting. And I think that that is um, where I'm going to stop for the moment and let you take over for a second. I may have one more thing to say. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm feeling talkative all of a sudden. <laughs> well, so uh, to pick up where Trisha left off, I think that that is a great point because you want in your branding efforts and in your internal marketing and in your external marketing to be showing people why they want to come work for you. So one of the best ways to do that this is jumping ahead a couple episodes, but is to have happy, engaged employees who do it for you. So if you have done all of these things right that we're going to talk about today, then you will have happier, more engaged employees who will be out there doing some of the recruiting for you because they'll be like, I work at such and such and it is such a fantastic place and their friends are going to be like, how do I get a job there? And that's your ultimate goal. So when you're thinking, when you're listening to this episode and, and hearing all of our tips, think about how you can build a bigger recruiting program that is around your entire brand as a company. Could not have said that better myself. I've listened to you a time or two when wow. you're talking. Nice. That's I feel so proud right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But before we get to the tips and tricks and the best practices, let's talk about the things people shouldn't be doing. So, yes. All right. Um, Now, this really does go more towards the interviewing side of things, but I can't help it. I have to put this in here right now. Asking predictable questions. It is one of my biggest pet peeves. (laughs) (laughs) where I could walk into an interview and I already know the questions that somebody is going to ask me. As a matter of fact, I have, it's proven, you can go out there and look, people actually Google, what are the most common questions and how do I answer them? And then they take their own scenario, something that maybe happened to them or slight version, maybe, (laughs) maybe, slight version happened. And then they dress it up and make it all pretty to fit what they think you're looking for. So those predictable questions don't tell you anything about the person. They don't tell you anything about how they would act now. So I would really say 
okay, you may, or your C-suite may require you to ask some of those questions, but I would challenge you to shake it up a little bit mm-hmm. and, and try to throw people off their game. Not in a bad way, but just to see how they react. And again, I'm going to drop that there so that you will tune in to our whole episode on interviewing. Mm. Yes, yes, <laughs> indeed. Uh, another common mistake that people make when they are recruiting is confusing education and experience with skills. So what do we mean by that? Well, a lot of times, you know, I think we got very, society as a whole got very comfortable with requiring a bachelor's degree for everything or a particular level of education. And nowadays, oftentimes that is listed as a requirement But for people who may have started the position and work their way up, they may not have that educational experience, but they might have years of actual experience that makes them a perfect fit for your job. Or they may have degrees that are not really particularly relevant to that position, but that gave them the skills that you really need for the position. Skills adjacent. Skills adjacent, yes. <laughs> so for example, you let's take sales. Maybe you have somebody who has done sales for automotive companies and they've been selling cars their whole life. Well, their resume may not get picked up by Indeed or you know, if it's a sales job for say medical supplies. But those skills that you need to be a salesperson are pretty easily transferable. So the mistake that we often see a lot of people make is they would look at that sales resume and say like, oh, but this person's experience is in cars and we need somebody who has experience in medical supplies. You can teach them about medical supplies. You can't teach somebody how to sell something necessarily. So that's what we mean when we say focus on their skills versus just their education and their experience. That's another one of my pet peeves. (laughs) (laughs) Someone who gets experience, say, in our armed forces. And that person who has done this job in the armed forces for years, and then they go to get the job, same job in the the we'll say the the what people call the real world, <laughs> <laughs> the outside world, and then someone tells them you can't do it because you don't have a degree. Yep, that's that's no. So I'm glad you brought that one up. I want to talk about um, well inclusivity. <laughs> Let's focus on increasing your candidate pool. One of the big mistakes people make is just using the same resources again and again and again. Oh, we use Indeed. As you mentioned, I think Mm -hmm. you said Indeed. Well, Indeed's great, but there's more out there than just Indeed. There are other sources like Indeed. You have all the social media, so LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok. You want to make sure that you're utilizing every option that you have available to you. If you're creating posts like that, then give them to your manager to share. Have the manager share the the same post with their employees. The more people or the more ways that you can get that job out there, the more likely you are going to get a broader candidate pool and that will help with your inclusivity. Not only that, but 
outside of what we normally think of as our traditional resources, do not forget to look at, if it's pertainable to you, local high schools, colleges, universities that maybe you haven't reached out to before, um, even technical schools or technical colleges. So just a, a couple of ways that you could broaden that candidate pool. Yeah. Also think about if there's a group of people who do similar types of work, that might be a good recruiting pool for you. So I'll give you an example. Uh, One of my clients who does a lot of construction work, they found that farmers were really good employees for them because they tend to work around heavy machinery. They work outside in all sorts of weather conditions. They have sort of the same strengths as a lot of the people who end up doing construction. So it seemed to be a really good uh, matchup for them. So that's an example of thinking kind of outside the box, but still within the same box family. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to see an article on that. (laughs) On a a box family? Yes. 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 (laughs) Sorry, Julie's making stuff up already. That's okay. All right. The other big mistake I want to talk about is not being transparent about the pay that you're going to give for this position, the job description, and uh, the culture of your company. Those are all things that people really want to know about. We have this just sort of very persistent habit in America of thinking that talking about compensation is taboo. Um, And it shouldn't be. Nope. So uh, I know that we have talked about salary in the past, but you should be upfront about what the range is, at least for this position, so that people can self-select themselves out. (laughs) You know, but there is no reason to interview a candidate who has told you that they are going to be that they're thirty thousand dollars above what yours highest is if you have no intention of paying them $30,000. That's disrespectful to everybody in the process. So wasting their time, wasting their time, wasting your time later. Right. Right. Oh yeah. So you don't want to do that. Also the job description. Uh, I, Trish is going to talk, touch on this and expand on this a little bit more, but the job description, part of the problem that I see is a lot of people, when they make a job description, they're just doing it because they got to get it posted so they can hire somebody. And they don't actually look it over and make sure that it reflects what they're actually be going to be doing <laughs> when this person is hired. And then the person gets hired and they're like, what just happened? Like, this is not what was advertised. Up for. Yeah, this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> I'm either in over my head or I'm bored out of my mind or whatever the case may be. So you really need to slow down when you're hiring and recruiting because you got to make sure that you know what you need. So you've got to make sure that that job description is actually accurate and accurately portrays what you need this person to do. I don't think I need to go further into that. You did a great job. All right. Well, then pick (laughs) another one. Oh, all right. Fine. (laughs) Uh, oh, all right. I like this one. Looking for candidates who fit into your culture rather than add to it. Ooh, I like that. I like that mm-hmm. one a lot. Um, this is a definite error, I think, that people make without even realizing it. Because you always hear people talk about one of my least favorite sayings, they're a good fit. Oh. <laughs> we need 
a whole me. episode on that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. What is a good fit? Oh, goodness gracious. So, yes, of course, we want people that have your same value system that are going to that aren't going to give you trouble, really, let's mm-hmm. be honest. But it's not just about that. What you want to do is think about how can this person add value, not just from their work perspective, because I guess that's where we typically focus. But beyond that, do they bring any of those soft skills to the table? Are they able to help others communicate? Maybe they end up being a good bridge between maybe your C-suite and the rest of your employees. I actually worked with someone recently and pretty much that's what he how he defined his job. He says, honestly, I'm the bridge. And so I think that it's important to understand how everyone, yes, is going to fit in, but what can they add? What can they bring to your company that someone else hasn't brought? Or maybe they can bring a different angle on it. Different perspectives. Different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That goes back to our inclusivity idea. Yes. Yes. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. I think another big mistake that people make is rushing through the process because you need to fill the position. So (laughs) you have probably heard us say before that most companies hire fast and fire slow, and it should be the opposite. You should hire slow and fire fast. So even if you are desperate for somebody, you don't want to take the first person who comes along. (laughs) I want to drop the mic, but I don't want to ruin my microphone. (laughs) It is a very nice microphone. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, So take the time to make sure you are finding the right person. And as Trisha was just saying, not just the right person from a skills and experience standpoint, but the right person from how they're going to fit into the team, how they're going to add value, and how they are going to help you elevate whatever it is your particular team or department is trying to accomplish. I like elevate. That's a great word. I want to just read something real quick and then kind of move on from there. One of the ones that I don't, we don't really have to talk about because you already talked about it a little bit, but that ignoring candidates who appear to be overqualified Mm -hmm. or underqualified, that really does go with your conversation on confusing education and experience with skills. But I just wanted to kind of throw that one out there real quick. So if people didn't kind of catch that, It's the same, uh, the other side of the same coin, shall we say? Well, and it goes back to an episode from last season. So if you haven't listened to all of our episodes, please go back and check them out when you can. They're available everywhere you get your podcasts. (laughs) Shameless plug. (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway, uh, it goes back to where we were talking about rock stars and superstars. Yes. So you never know. You might have somebody who seems very overqualified for a position who has applied and you're like, what are they doing? Why would they be applying for this position? But you don't know what's going on in their life. Mm-hmm. Or maybe there is a reason that they want to take a step back. Maybe they've been burnt out. Yeah. Uh, being at the top of the game and maybe they want to get back to whatever it was they were doing when they really enjoyed things. Yes. Maybe their life circumstances have changed. You never know. And on the flip side, if they seem underqualified, it's it might still be worth a conversation because there could be reasons. Uh, as Trisha was saying, maybe they were in the military, which means they're just underqualified based on your specific requirements, not necessarily what it takes to do the job. Transferable skills. Transferable skills. Yes. Skill adjacent, as we said before. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, just I think our, our main point is you may want to broaden which resumes you accept and which candidates you screen so that you're capturing some of those people who might fall out the outside the traditional bucket that still might be good. And going to that job description or back to the job description thing that you mentioned earlier, this is a really good place to think about. Are your essential functions truly essential, mm-hmm. right? Do you really need that bachelor degree or can you say or equivalent experience? Mm-hmm. And so that might be a really great way to, to get around that. Absolutely. I love that. All right. So I think where I want to go next is uh, let's go to the failing to communicate and ghosting. Yeah. I cannot talk enough about this. We could probably have an entire process or an entire podcast on this. Y'all, quick pause for effect. Do not ghost candidates. Yes. Mm. (laughs) Not communicating with your potential employee during the process, not following up with them after an interview or completely ghosting them is the best way to get a bad reputation on the web for your company. Mm -hmm. People talk and you can go on there and you can see what people say. Not not only that, it's just rude. Mm -hmm. Like you don't like it when people do it to you, do not do it to them. Okay. That's the emotional side of it. From a business perspective, Would you ever receive an email, Julie, and not respond to it? No. And that's exactly the same for this. You need to respond to potential employees. If they have a great interview, you need to reach out to them, especially if you're one of those companies where, oh, it takes us two months to hire or three months to hire. Check in with them, send them an email, ask them if they have, if they've thought of any questions for you, Uh, follow up with a text. There's so many different ways that you can engage potential candidates. And it also shows that you're not just looking to put a butt in a seat, so to speak. You're actually looking for a human being, someone that can be a real part, a real asset to your team. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing I will add to that is, that one thing that can help, as Trisha talked about at the beginning, you're talking about sort of the brand you're creating. So the things that you don't do or the things that you do by omission, like ghosting somebody, 
that can affect your brand or can become your brand, worst case scenario, mm, mm-hmm. that you are a company that ghosts people. You don't want that to happen. But also through like being transparent about the process. So if it really does take you two months to hire somebody, tell candidates that so that they're not like, what is going on? And figure out where in the process it falls apart for your company. So if you're really good about reviewing resumes and screening people in a timely fashion, but then things tend to take a long period of time before an interview gets scheduled, be honest with people about that or figure out how to make that a more efficient process. If after they're interviewed, give them an estimate of how long it's going to be before they hear something. And as Trisha was saying, make sure somebody's reaching out and communicating with them because otherwise that all reflects poorly on your company and that does get around probably faster than the good because as we've always talked about, negative things spread faster. So I think it isn't there like that old uh, saying that it takes 10 positive reviews to undo one negative review. You know, it's something like that. So think about that every time you provide a bad experience for a candidate, it's going to take 10 good experiences to overcome that. I like that. Yeah. So now that we've told you what not to do, let's let's give some tips about what they can do. Well, I already started at the beginning mm-hmm. reminding people that recruiting is an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to reiterate that one. Ongoing process. And by the way, it's not, and I know I said this again but once before, but I want to say it again. It is not just about HR. It's your employees. It's your managers. It's your C-suite. Everybody should always have in the back of their mind who can I bring into this, to our company that would add value? Absolutely. Another best practice is clearly defining your ideal candidate. So I touched on this a little bit when I was talking about making sure you understand what you need in this position and making that job description transparent. This is part of that. You need to clearly define your ideal candidate and it doesn't have to be limited to what the tasks they're actually going to perform in the job, but what you need from them as they fit into your team and your culture and your environment. Yeah, have a conversation with the manager if it's a if it's a manager that's looking for a position for their team. Find out what their goals are for their team, how they're planning on growing their team in the future so that you really have a full understanding. Absolutely. And make sure as managers, for those managers who are listening, that you share that feedback with HR, because if HR is the one doing the screening, they're going to be able to develop better screening tools so that they can get you better candidates so that you don't end up having to do as many interviews. So it's a win-win all the way around. My favorite is when a manager will come back and be like, they just wasted my time. Well, did you tell them what you were looking for? (laughs) Well, it's for this position, but did you tell them what you were looking for? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Don't assume it's obvious. Yes. Yes. Because you managers, you deal with the job every day. You know the ins and outs. HR does have a job description, but a job or a person filling a job, there's more to that than just the job description, right? That's just the, the basic outline. Yep. Where's the rest of the story? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, our soft skills. That's always a good one. Don't forget about the soft skills. So things like communication skills, uh, emotional intelligence, one of my favorite subjects. Oh, there's another topic that we could do. Uh, Communication. 
We want people that can communicate and build relationships at all levels of your organization. Absolutely. Also, if you offer a hybrid working environment, make sure the candidate understand what that looks like at your company, because a lot of companies are still trying to define what hybrid looks like. Yes. Uh, So if that means that they're in the office three days a week and at home two days a week, make sure they understand that that's the expectation before so that they can decide if that works for them or not. Um, And if they're comfortable with that, or if, you know, a lot of meetings are done by Zoom or Teams or whatever the case may be, uh, you want to give them that information so they can decide if they're a good fit, uh, as well as you trying to decide if they're uh, a good choice. And if it varies from position to position, make sure that you're acknowledging that as well. I've had a lot of people say to me that they've had conflicts that they've needed to resolve because people were, well, in that department, they get to do this and we have to do this. Mm. So Mm -hmm. that goes back to that transparency thing as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) I know this goes to the interviewing portion that we uh, promised you in an upcoming episode, but I can't help but say it here. Uh, Please be prepared to answer the candidate's questions. Uh, You don't want to appear as if you just got caught off guard. Think about what you would want to know if you are a candidate. Prepare your answers. And I don't mean like rehearse a bunch of answers and sound like a robot, but you need to have an understanding of your company, where your company is going, what your goals are, so that when your interviewees are asking these questions, you have some answers that give them actual information. Novel idea. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so I want to emphasize that while we did say you want to hire slow, we also don't want you to hire so slow that your <laughs> candidates all have jobs by the time you make them offers. So part of the way that you do that is what we've talked about before is by knowing what you're looking for. So the more time you spend before you ever even post the job in figuring out who your ideal candidate is, the quicker you're going to be able to recognize that person when you see them or meet them. So that way you don't drag your feet and you get the candidates that you want versus not really knowing what you're looking for, taking too long. And by then they've gone and moved on to somebody else. Wow. That was so good. All right. So you ready for my last tip? I am. Relax and breathe. You got this. All right. (laughs) And yes, that was another cheers. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, so we've given you some tips. We've told you some mistakes to avoid. We hope that it has all been helpful. At this point in time, we're going to come back to the wine. Uh, So... I do believe, I forgot to say this at the beginning, that this bottle runs about $15. So it's not uh, a very expensive wine. So it's a good one to have. So nice price point. We will be listing all of the wines that we drink with our thoughts on them uh, on our website. So we'll have that up for you. So if you guys need like a nice light, I would definitely say it's more of a summery wine than a January, February wine. But you know. It makes me think of summer, so that's kind of nice when there's snow on the ground outside. I agree. I agree. (laughs) I could use some summer. Right. (laughs) But it is a, I still think it's a very nice, pleasant wine 
Uh, any other thoughts from you, Trish? No, I would say I definitely agree. I have enjoyed it. I'm um, sad that I still have the same class we started with. <laughs> rare when we're sitting next to each I other. Know, I know. I so know. Uh, if you guys found this one helpful, don't forget that Julie and I also have some courses that uh, we would like to tell you about. Um, and one of those courses is a recruiting course and interviewing is also part of that one. Uh, so you can get further into this kind of um, helpful tips and tricks from us and really make sure that you know what you're doing so that you can provide the best value you can to your company. Yes. So they are currently in development, but should be available in the coming months. Uh, We will put more information in the show notes. Uh, And with that, again, we are so excited to be starting season two. We're so happy you joined us last season, and we hope you stick with us this season. Uh, And go out, find your best candidates, but know who you're looking for. Mm. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.